0: Welcome to Genomics Now, a podcast series where you can learn how genomics is developing in England's NHS. This podcast series, recorded in 2021, is part of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Services Educational Toolkit. In each 10-minute episode, we explore what is changing in genomics. We answer the questions on genomics we've been asked by the different healthcare professionals. We talk about the ways genomics may impact different healthcare roles, and how genomics can be used to successfully improve patient care. So hello, uh, my name is Dr. Dahlia Hoppmeyer.
1: I'm a genomics clinical fellow at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Hello, I'm Dr. Angela Brady. I'm a consultant in clinical genetics at the Northwest Thames Regional Genetics Service.
0: Thank you for being here today, Angela. And today we're going to talk about rare disease genomics. And so let's just start with the question about
1: what's meant actually by rare disease. So a disease or condition is defined as rare if it affects fewer than 1 in 2,000 people within the general population. So there are about 6,000 known rare diseases and new conditions are being described through the medical literature on a regular basis. So it's thought about one in 17 people will actually be affected by a rare disease at some point in their lives. And that amounts to about three and a half million people in the UK and about 30 million people across Europe. Therefore, although these conditions are rare individually, collectively, they're actually quite common. That is interesting. Thank you for that. And what role does genomics play in rare diseases? Well, about 80% of rare diseases are thought to actually have a genetic basis. So testing is aimed at trying to identify a variant in the affected individual's genetic uh, material. And when we talk about variants, these are differences from the standard human genome sequence. So there's no perfect human genome and the Genome Reference Consortium is put together as a standard reference genome from sequencing of several individuals, and the current reference genome at the moment BUILD38. Um, and can you tell me a bit more about the types of variants that exist? So uh, the major classes of genomic variants are uh, chromosome aneuploidy, which is where you have an abnormal number of chromosomes Um, for example Down syndrome uh, which is usually caused by somebody having a whole extra copy of chromosome 21 so rather than 46 chromosomes in each cell they have actually 47 chromosomes. There's also copy number variants and that can include insertions so extra bits or deletions so missing bits and there's also changes in a, a single letter or what we know as a base pair in the DNA, and these are known as single nucleotide variants. And how do you investigate for these different types of genetic variants? So on on a large scale, chromosomes can be looked at to explore if there's an abnormal number or um, if there's actually a, a sort of large extra bit or bit missing, and this is usually done by standard uh, karyotype, where you uh, the chromosomes are stained and looked at under a microscope, and uh, so that as said, the karyotyping can detect if there's any structural rearrangement, such as a large deletion, duplication, or translocation, which is when there's a switch over between chromosomes or two chromosomes become joined together. However, uh, if you do a standard karyotype, you can only detect about three to five. Million bases of extra or missing chromosome material. And so the uh, newer technique that's been developed um, for a number of years now to try to look for smaller amounts of extra or missing chromosome material is something called Array CGH, so Array Comparative Genome Hybridization. And in this technique, what you do is you compare a patient's DNA to the reference genome. And for areas where there's more or less genetic material uh, compared to the reference genome, you, you can spot this. And then on a smaller scale, so a higher resolution, we can actually look at the DNA sequence by reading the letters of the genetic code. So this is known as DNA sequencing. And depending upon the clinical scenario, you may want to just look at a small part of the genome, such as a specific region of a specific gene, so one single change within one particular gene. Or you may decide to sequence the entire 3 billion base pairs of the genome.
0: All right. Um, And a question that has been coming up for me is, what is the difference between whole genome sequencing and whole exome
1: sequencing? So whole genome sequencing provides the genetic code for the entire genome of an individual. So that's all the coding and the non-coding regions. Whereas whole exome sequencing is limited to the exons, which are the regions of DNA that provide the instructions for making proteins. So we use whole exome sequencing for identifying variants where there's rare Mendelian or inherited disorders where the sample sizes of affected individuals are are small. Um, As most uh, disease-causing variants occur in exons, whole exome sequencing is a really useful method of identification. However, you can get genetic variation in the non-coding regions outside the exons that can cause disease, and so and therefore whole genome sequencing is needed to identify disease-causing changes in these areas of the genome. However, when you do do these techniques, whole exome sequencing will on average identify about 30,000 variants, and whole genome sequencing will on average identify about 5 million variants. Okay, so that is a very large number. And how do you make
0: sense of all of these variants that are identified?
1: Well variant interpretation is absolutely key to try to work out if a specific variant is the cause of an individual's diagnosis. So when trio exome analysis is done and an affected individual's uh, genetic materials compared to their parents, so you've got three samples, the trio, um, then uh, through using that technique often about 30,000 variants are identified. And on average, 400 of these variants are likely rare and predicted to impact on the protein function. And of these, about 10 or 20 may be in relevant disease genes, and of these, about one or four might fit with the relevant inheritance in the trio that you're looking at. And then we whittle down those and about uh, or to 2, say, may be diagnostic and fit with the individual's abnormalities, or what we call the phenotype. So it's really important that there's very close discussion between the clinicians and the laboratory to help decide if a specific variant is disease causing or not. Thank you for that.
0: Um, And why is it important to have a genomic diagnosis? So how can a
1: diagnosis change patient management? well if you have a genomic diagnosis it can help decide on management options for the condition and uh, such as different treatments or different screening protocols it may also be possible to give the patient and their family a prognosis as to how the condition is likely to affect them throughout their lives so say if you identify uh, gene for Noonan syndrome in an individual then that can be associated with cardiac problems so therefore it would be really important to make sure that the heart is carefully e- examined. A, a diagnosis may also be very important to predict the risk of uh, recurrence risk so the chance of a couple having a further child with the same condition in, in a further pregnancy and, that, and if there is a recurrence risk then options could be offered uh, potentially during a, a pregnancy or prior to them becoming pregnant.
0: Thank you. Um, And one last question I have is, where do you see genomics taking
1: this field in the future? It's a really exciting time for genomics as we're starting to sequence whole genome as part of routine care on the NHS. And the recently completed 100,000 Genomes Project identified a diagnosis in about 20 to 25% of rare disease cases that, that were actually sequenced. So it's likely that our understanding of rare disease will continue to improve As more cases are sequenced and that will hopefully lead to improved rates of diagnosis and possible treatment options. Fantastic,
0: thank you for that. Um, So if you would like to learn more about rare disease genomics, the North Thames GLH website has some good resources, as does Health Education England's genomics education website. Um, There is a charity called Unique, which has lots of good information for different rare diseases. And there are online courses, for example, on platforms such as FutureLearn. Thank you for listening to this episode of Genomics Now, a series of conversations hosted by healthcare professionals of the North Thames Genomic Medicine Service. Our aim is to complement other genomic-focused educational tools with bite-sized podcasts that explore how clinical genomics is developing in England's NHS. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to develop as part of the Genomics Now podcasts, please let us know. Also, we'd love to hear about the episodes you've enjoyed and how they have helped you with training. Please get in contact with us on the link given with this podcast or tweet us at GLH. You will find this and other educational resources at the GLH website.